Hi, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Um, I'm going to make a very small change to, um, to the programming here. Um, not going to have an intro. And the reason I decided to drop that was just that, um, well, actually it was a combination of things. One, I find it very amusing, but it's also this little chunk of time at the beginning of each one of these that probably a lot of people, uh, you know, it's like kind of funny for me and kind of funny for anyone else who's heard it once. But when it's like regular, probably something that you're going to want to skip. Um, so dropping it. Um, I, I watch other people who don't have something like that and uh, seems to not be a big deal. So why not? I also would like to imagine that someday, if I ever get around to it, I will take clips of all of these, put them together in something that people can resequence, and essentially have endless conversations or talks. Um, another thing that I'm definitely going to do, uh, it is Wednesday, April 15th. I was hoping to do this on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and uh, Monday just does not want to happen. So. I think I'm going to change the, the schedule to Wednesday, Friday. Um, just a variety of things, but the gods don't want Monday to happen, so to speak. It's just not, uh, not going to work, I, at least not easily. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in, uh, this is a stupid thing, but in kind of Jenga. By which I mean, you, know, you imagine in life, you know, some things like a Jenga tower, some blocks you brush against and you don't even have to touch them almost. They just want to move. Some things just want to happen. Other things, you may want to move that block, but no matter what you do, either it's not moving or you're taking the whole tower down when you try to move it. Um, and, and the blocks that happen to be easy or hard can certainly change from time to time, but at any given moment, there are things that kind of want to happen and things that don't, at least in my estimation. Now, I don't attribute any kind of deeper significance or meaning to that. I don't think there's like somebody behind the scenes pulling the strings. I think it's just a matter of essentially physics. Um, some things just have a little bit more pressure on them. Some things a little bit less and it's all based on you know, random circumstance probably. But it gives you the feeling that some things you could almost attribute agency to. Some things, yeah, and, and I, I found this many times in life. Some things you want to happen and uh, you'll try and you try and you try and just no matter what you do, not going to happen. Sometimes you can even force it and I've never had that work out well. Um, yeah, it's like even if you force it, it kind of like, eh. and then there are other things where it's like, um, you almost barely mention something to somebody or you you don't even try to make it happen. And as soon as the the wheels are in motion, you almost can't even stop it. It just, it's like it wants to happen. Um, so Bernie winning seems to be one of those things that does not want to happen. Uh, it's depressing, but uh, yeah. I, I've said this before, I really hope that I'm wrong about um, Biden being a horrible risk. Um, I'm I'm of the opinion, honestly, that uh, you know that look at the polling. If you look at like 538 modeling now, Biden looks pretty good, right? You're like, ah, he's got this, um, which should be a big fucking warning flag. Yeah, um, 2016. I heard so many people say ah, Hillary's got this in the bag. Um, you know, and, and in fact. I was looking at 530, I, I, I'm sorry if I've talked about this before, but it really bugs the shit out of me. I'm looking at 538 uh, pretty much every day and sometimes refreshing a couple times. And I would see a uh, 50% chance of her winning. Coin toss. Heads, she wins. Tails, Trump wins. That scared the shit out of me. I would see sometimes like um, five to one odds uh, that she would win. And you know, so that's, that's basically Russian roulette. It's, you know, you have one bullet in the chamber and five empty chambers. Uh, spin, the, uh, spin the revolver and uh, point the thing to your head and pull the trigger. If that's the kind of thing you're comfortable with, uh, yeah, 
you're a braver person than I am. Because I saw that and it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of me to such an extent that, you know, I was like, fuck. Gotta, you know, gotta do everything I can to try to keep this fucker from winning. Um, talked to so many people, tried to persuade them. And I had people, like, no matter what I would do, it was a thing that didn't want to happen. No matter what I would do, I couldn't convince people. All that I seemed to be able to accomplish was to piss people off. And, you know, people would think like, oh, Scott, th this is literally a thing that I had, like an encounter that I had multiple times. But people would tell me that I was hurting Hillary because I was saying she didn't have it in the bag. Yeah, which, like, I'm, I'm trying to sound an alarm here. I'm like, the building is on fucking fire. You know, do something about it. And people are like, why are you... I mean, it was like they were accusing me of arson because I'm saying the building's on fire. You know, fucking do something about it. So I feel like uh, this year is the same kind of thing. I, I spent a long time first trying to rationally convince people uh, that, that Biden is a gamble. And later, you know, trying this uh, never Biden thing, um, which didn't work at all, totally failed. And not only that, I look like an asshole now. So that's great. Um, but again, hopefully I'm wrong. But I, I feel like I'm not saying it's inevitable. I, I certainly you know, don't claim to know the future. But in my opinion, in my estimation, the odds of Joe winning are much worse than the odds of Hillary winning in 2016. And I don't... I don't think there's anything that I can do to alter that situation. Um, like, I, I don't think any amount of canvassing or telling people, you know, get the fuck out to vote um, is going to help, at least for me. Now, if you're watching this and you're freaked out about Trump getting reelected, as you fucking should be, uh, please, I implore you, do something about it and consider the possibility that it's probably better than even money that Trump will get reelected. Um, and so given that, hopefully that doesn't discourage you, you, you know, which I, I had somebody yesterday tell me, oh, giving people odds is actually discouraging them. I, I, I don't understand this. I mean, I get, I get people don't understand odds. People would look at 538 and go like, oh, well, she's between, you know, I, I think part of it was actually they'd see 54% or something like that. And they'd be like, oh, she's going to get 54% of the vote. That's like a landslide um, rather than that's 54% chance of her winning. And, you know, I, I don't know what it was. I'm just trying to attribute it to something. Because the difference between people's perception of the odds and the actual odds there was just so big. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I suspect that pretty soon after... Uh, I mean, I've already, I've already seen ads and people from the right-wing mind machine uh, start trying to push things, uh, you know, like the Hunter thing. Uh, predictably, I've seen a bunch of people already start trying to call Bill, uh, call Bill, call Joe a socialist. Uh, you, 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 that one fucking pisses me off because the reason that Bernie is supposed to be this huge risk and the reason that, oh God, you've got to keep him from getting the nomination is, oh no, socialism. Every fucking Democrat since Roosevelt, literally every Democrat, including Obama, including both Clintons, they're called socialist. Um, it's just the thing. It's like how, and then people are like, well, the difference is, Scott, that Bernie says that he's a socialist. And it does not fucking matter. It's priced into any Democrat. The difference is that any Democrat's going to get hit with it. Bernie could at least make a case for it, whereas Joe will not. And... So Joe gets the downside, he doesn't have any of the upside. And then I've said that, like I've gone through this logic before, but he has all of these things like Hunter Biden. You know? Now again, I'm not saying Hunter did anything, I'm not saying anything was unethical, uh, but you give somebody whose dad is the vice president a job that they're not qualified for and they're making 50K per month, um, and you're somebody who might want to influence the president or the vice president, it's a little, it's a little shady. And it doesn't have to be that there was anything wrong there. All it has to be is enough plausibility there, enough like smoke that you can look at somebody and go, 
you know, Trump is the most corrupt president, at least in my lifetime, in, you know, probably, arguably, in the history of the Republic, including Nixon. And, you know, you want to pull up somebody else, basically, Trump is worse. Yeah, but what about Hunter? Instantly? Now, you can make any claim you want. You can talk about how corrupt Trump is, but you have to get past that. What about Hunter? And it makes that argument, which should be a no-brainer against Trump, it makes it almost impossible. Especially, like, I mean, I'm sure, I suspect, if you're watching this, you probably don't need to be convinced that Trump is corrupt. But the problem is that a lot of people do. And the people that Biden is supposed to, the mythical um, left-leaning Republicans who, and the centrists in this weird idea that uh, there's this political continuum and the independents are like in between the Democrats and Republicans, which I've already explained, independents are scattered all over the spectrum. And actually, interestingly enough, there's a, an article on 538 that shows the distribution and people, if you look at independents, they're actually skewed a little bit left of center. Not like dramatically, but when you consider the fact that, uh, I mean, they're scattered everywhere, but the center of mass is left of the absolute center, which is funny because our political parties are skewed right of center. Uh, the Republicans are so far right that they're literally extremists. I mean, no, they, they somehow retain this conservative moniker, uh, which tells you, I, it, in my opinion, people don't know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to politics uh, or political theory or any of this. But people call themselves conservatives and they support this party who are just radical anarcho-capitalists. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to describe them. They're like, uh, you know, might is right. Uh, we're going to do whatever we can to gain power for the sake of power, um, Mitch McConnell thing. And yeah. we will exploit every loophole. We will pretend to care about the budget and deficits and all of this when the Democrats are in office. And then when Trump is in office, we do not give a fuck. Uh, when W is in office, blowing trillions of dollars and killing millions of civilians in a war, they do not give a shit. When Obama's in office, what about the National Endowment for the Arts? You know, like little tiny piddly crumb of a crumb on the, on the federal budget that actually makes the world a much better place. Uh, they worry about that shit. Worry about it. Uh, it. It drives me fucking insane. So anyway, they're crazy right. The Democrats, yeah. If you look at Obama, you look at uh, Clinton, you look at uh, both Clintons, uh, you look at Biden, you look at Kerry, you look at Gore, all of these people on a political compass, on a political spectrum, are somehow, like, even the ones that are supposed to be super far left, by according to people's distorted perceptions, Obama, right of center, Hillary, right of center, you know, they're, they're all over there. And in fact, when you look, I, I love politicalcompass.org, go there, look at the various elections, 2008, 2012, 2016, and you'll look at this and you'll be like, uh, Romney is here, and Obama's a little to the left of him, but not that much. Um, even Trump, like Trump actually arguably left of Hillary, according to their measure, uh, more authoritarian, but a little bit left. That's not to say that he's to the left, but she is so far to the right that it is possible for someone like him to be left of her. Uh, and then Bernie, who's supposed to be so far like radical left, a little left of center, yeah. Um, but don't wanna make this case. I'm just frustrated with it. I, I still, you know, I don't know that four more years of Trump is good for anyone. I, uh, I wanted desperately to stop it, um, and it's, it still could stop, uh, but I'm not optimistic. And I'm not even optimistic, like, I, like the, the air quotes best case scenario, where you imagine Joe wins, and let's, let's go like all out. We get the House, we get the Senate, probably not a filibuster-proof majority, but at least a majority. Well, now you've got both houses 
and the presidency, it's an opportunity to do something. Um, you could even end the filibuster and that's a great opportunity to do something. I don't believe Joe is going to take advantage of it, which means that the Republicans can just sit there and go, well, look at the Democrats, they have power and they're not doing anything. The economy is just going to shit because thank you, Trump. But um, who's gonna get like, <laughs> Trump has lived on, Trump has lived on Obama's recovery for the first three and a half years of his presidency and he gets credit for it somehow. The Democrats will get blamed for assuming that they win, which I do not even think is likely. But if they do, they'll get blamed for Trump's recession or worse than recession. And you know, the Republicans will end up 2022 taking at least either the House or the Senate, if not both. And in 2024, you know, I mean, Biden, the only appeal I can see of this guy is against Trump. He's uh, he's make America great again. Let's go back to before Trump. Blue mega, as, as you might say. Um, that would be Biden. Well, once you've got Trump out of the equation, where is his appeal? There's no, there's no affirmative appeal for the guy, assuming that he's even competent to stand election then, which is an exaggeration and optimistic. And then you imagine, okay, maybe AOC runs, but based on the last fuck knows how many years, I don't, I don't believe the establishment Democrats would be very happy about that. The only hope that she kind of has, and the only reason I'm slightly optimistic in this scenario is she's very good at politics and she's been doing what it takes to kind of weevil her way in. She learns very fast. Uh, maybe she'll actually be able to negotiate that and become the de facto candidate. If that happens, she could win. Um, you look at the age distribution on exit polls and above like 45 or 50, everybody, not everybody, but strong majority to Biden. Um, I do know, and, and I use the word boomer sometimes, I do know at least one boomer who voted, uh, and man, when she told me this, I was so appreciative. Um, I can't tell, I can't mention specifically who she was because she's a friend of my mom's and uh, did not want my mom to know, but she voted for Bernie. And it just, it gave me a tiny bit of hope. Still didn't win the state, but uh, yeah. Oh, man, she watched the, the debate between Bernie and Biden. And, you know, she didn't say specifically what it was, although I suspect part of it is Biden lied something like you know, it, at least a half dozen times and really more, but like a half dozen just whoppers. And all of those lies, all those fucking lies, you know, at least when Trump lies, it's obvious. You know, I, I don't know how he can fool anyone. It, it's scary to me that anyone is actually fooled by this guy. I suspect or I hope maybe people see that he's lying and they don't care or they just assume you know, all, all politicians lie. He's just all, you know, he's honest about the fact that he's lying. Um, I don't know, whatever the fuck. But Biden lied brazenly at least a half dozen times. And you look at those things and if I didn't know that he was lying, I would not have known. Like if I didn't know the facts behind the things he was saying, I would have totally bought it. He was a very convincing liar. And then after the first hour or so of that, like the first hour, I was actually kind of impressed by how together he was. But then after the, hour, the first hour, he starts getting, uh, my friend said he was getting tired, uh, which is a nice way of putting it. Um, and again, you know, like there are people who say he has dementia. I don't think he has dementia, but he's definitely in cognitive decline. You know, there are issues there. Um, it's not gonna be hard for Trump to put together a campaign ad that shows clip after clip after clip of Biden, like, you know, and it does not instill confidence. I've, I've seen some of these clips. I've seen things that they're going to put out and you look at it and you're like, oh God, you know, I mean, I, I feel like if I was actually gonna vote for Biden, I would sort of go, you, you take a step back. Yeah. And then you have this whole thing, like again, the Hunter thing, you have 
Tara, you have Anita Hill, you have all of these things. Every argument you have against Trump, almost as though Biden was designed specifically in a lab to be weak, every argument you can make against Trump, there's a credible what about for Biden. And again, I'm not saying that they're real. I'm not saying that, you know, although like Tara seems credible enough to me, at least enough that you take it seriously. Um, despite the fact that apparently the New York Times was talking with his campaign when they were writing an article about it, when they finally wrote an article about it weeks later and uh, kind of, you know, left some bits out or softened some things. Um, I, I'm, I'm just so... I'm so frustrated with all this. And then also, there was this thing, um, I mean, this is not even remotely what I wanted to talk about today, but uh, it's on my mind, so gotta get it out. Yeah, there was this thing when some of the other candidates, like right before Super Tuesday, a few candidates drop out and endorse Biden. And it seemed very coordinated, but oh no, it's not coordinated at all. Now there are articles coming out saying, oh, it was uh, Obama through back channels. Uh, basically, like, hey, you know, we gotta, gotta all, what's important is that we win this. And so we've gotta you know, take one for the team and let's all get together with the guy who these guys think is gonna win. Um, yeah, man, I, I'll tell you, I, my natural affinity is for Obama, but he has a lot of things about him that just, irk the shit out of me. And one of them, I mean, seriously, I think 2016, I attribute mostly to Hillary, but I do think he had some opportunities not to hand the election to Trump. And I think also, I mean, um, you know, he could have fought harder against McConnell in a lot of areas. He didn't. Um, the whole Supreme Court seat thing that we worry so much about now uh, that's supposed to you know like strong army into into voting for joe um that whole fucking thing he could have pushed more he let it kind of slide and you know he, he basically made and the democrats just in generally are, are not good at making the republicans pay a political price for things whereas the republicans somehow talk about this all the time, but you know, they, these motherfuckers investigated Hillary. I don't even know how many times, um, congressional investigations, special counsel, all, all, all kinds of things, special investigator. They, they investigate her, they exonerate her. And these are people who are desperate to find anything on her exonerator of everything and somehow convince people that she is guilty. The Democrats, are either through incompetence or lack of will, unable to convince people that Trump is a fucking criminal. Yeah, I mean, this is like truly the biggest fucking liar in the world, biggest fucking con, shitty con man, not even a qualified competent con man, just a shitty con man. If this guy was trying to sell you a used car, I would hope you would go like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And yet somehow, somehow can't sell the, this guy is uh, not the greatest guy in the world. Like, what the fuck, Democrats? And I, I've started, I mentioned this in the last one of these, but I started thinking maybe part of that really does come down to the fact that uh, some of the Democrats in power don't give a fuck. Like, I don't think Pelosi is suffering at all in the moment. Um, I, yeah, you look at her house, she's very well-to-do. She's got a very nice place. Her life is pretty much okay. Now she may care in the abstract that there are kids in cages, but she keeps funding the shit. She could uh, easily, well, relatively easily, stop funding for, um, for this stuff and no, doesn't do it. So she's at the very least complicit. Uh, you look at like the amount of effort that it took to get her to impeach Trump, which was a fucking slam dunk, obvious no-brainer thing to do. It took her so much time, so much effort. Of, so many people had to push her and she kept pushing back with all of her might. She finally did it because she basically had no choice, way too late, and also limited the scope of the thing. So, you know, eh, 
it was convincing for sure and she covered something that was a slam dunk but did not really didn't really touch this or this or this or this all of these fucking things that are totally impeachable offenses did not touch she never you never once not once even thought about as far as i can tell using inherent contempt so you have Barr as the ag and if you like somebody ignores a congressional subpoena there's contempt that you could hold them in but you have to go through the fucking ag the ag is basically trump's puppet and congress the house actually has this thing called inherent contempt now granted they haven't used it in a very long time but they could through their own devices hold people in contempt and either jail or fine them or both um, she's never even considered that as far as i can tell and all i can think is you know right now she's raising more money she has more like prestige yes queen you know, sarcastic clap yes queen you know it's good for her i really i really truly believe this shit is good for her i don't think she gives a fuck about your right to have an abortion um certainly if she would like say her daughter or her daughter's daughter um got pregnant and wanted to have an abortion even in one of these states where it's prohibited they have money um, my mom was a nurse d before roe versus wade and she tells me stories about people who had money and they would just fly someplace and then you know go on a little trip and come back and it's uh, all yeah whereas people without money are fucked you know it's just um it's a problem it's a problem and i i can't if she actually gave a shit about this stuff too and i do understand there's some politics at play here but obama's president you have both ha you have the house you have the senate could have easily codified roe versus wade into law and then it wouldn't have been susceptible to uh, being overturned in the supreme court at least not in the way that it is now it would have been much more rigid um, you could have written the law well so challenging it would be hard and it would have totally cut off mitch's balls would have given him like his big chess piece that let him get trump in there this whole reductio ad infinitum uh, he wouldn't have had it could not have just said you know like give me a president and i will install all of these activist judges um, which is funny because they always used to accuse the democrats of having activist judges um, i really I, I really think this projection thing comes down to like if somebody's a thief they don't trust people they assume everybody's a thief if somebody has the desire to manipulate things in the court they don't trust people they claim other people are doing it because that's what they would do um i don't know whatever the projection is it's like such a fucking thing so what i what i did want to talk about today you know just kind of brush my hands of that um I'm, I'm very very frustrated with that whole thing i'm frustrated uh, with the prospect of trump getting reelected and everything that that means and i will tell you this when people tell me hey scott you gotta vote for joe because um you know we gotta we can't forfeit rbg's seat i give a fuck about that stuff you know i mean it's not like a thing that just comes easily to me to say yeah we're gonna do it i mean it's if i thought that there was a way to reliably protect that seat i would do it i i just don't believe there is and the one move that i thought that i had um obviously didn't work so i'm stuck um and I, i'm convinced from 2016 where there was a case where somebody had much better odds than joe in my estimation and per 538 at the time um, i'm convinced that i could I could campaign for this motherfucker. I could uh, vote for him. I could tell everyone to vote for him and he'd still lose or still probably lose. So I don't feel at all responsible for it other than that I failed to prevent his nomination. Um, but it's just, I mean, it, it hasn't been done yet, but it's effectively eh, almost certainly done. So I'm bugged by that. So what I wanted to talk about today, wipe the like the slate i really want to talk about this whole situation where we have this 
two-party duopoly. And I would love to give you some kind of magic um, cure for it. I, I, it's like healthcare, unfortunately. Like if you start looking into why healthcare is so fucked up and expensive here, it's not one thing. It's not like you can magically fix it. Even if you had dictatorial powers, it'd be really difficult because you have so many layers. Like in healthcare, we pay, I've said this before, but we spend almost a fifth of our GDP and we have people who go bankrupt because of, you know, we have millions of people doing it. We have people dying for lack of basic care. Other countries, you know, in, the, in an extreme case, you look at like Norway, doesn't even have like uh, a public um, form of universal healthcare, but it has universal healthcare. Um, doesn't have something like Medicare for all, but they spend half of what we do per person. Cover everybody, nobody goes bankrupt. Uh, if you look at other, other countries, they spend a lot less than us and have much better outcomes, don't have the bankruptcies. And it's basically like, uh, it's not just, it's not like, oh, well, some countries have managed to do this exalted thing. Pretty much every developed country, other than the United States, which is supposed to be the best country in the world, according to a lot of people, um, we're certainly one of the wealthiest nations in history. Every other motherfucking country has figured this shit out. And they do it cheaper than us and their outcomes are better. Um, it's just, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. And if you want to try to get to parity, I'm sorry, I'm bitter about this. Just the act of desiring to want to get to parity with all of these other countries where they were decades and decades ago, or I mean, um, you know, you look at the NHS, almost like three quarters of a century ago, the NHS has been around. Um, it's just like maddening. How the fuck can we not have this shit? How is it so controversial? So, you know, but even if you do that, even if you do Medicare for all, you have all these cost things. We just have this like weird greed thing everywhere. And so like the hospitals keep ratcheting up prices to maximize profit. The insurance companies, for-profit companies, fiduciary legal obligation to maximize profit. So they've taken more money, pay out less. Um, hospitals do it, drug companies do it in ridiculous excess. Like, and the thing is, all of these companies could be making money, like they could be profitable for-profit companies. Uh, they just wouldn't make all the money, but they'd still make a decent profit margin. And you know, could, like you, you might not get your $10 million bonus if you're a CEO of a pharmaceutical company, but you're doing pretty fucking well. Yeah, you'd, you'd be doing well, you'd be, making drugs that are saving people's lives or making them much better. Can't do that. And you look at all these layers, all these interconnected things, um, and it's just so fucked up. Like education, we don't have free uh, medical school. We don't have free college education. So our doctors go into the workforce with huge debts. Um, you know, typically a couple hundred thousand dollars. So it's like you bought a house you kind of have to, I mean, you don't have to necessarily make half a million or 600,000 a year, but you have to make a lot of fucking money to pay off your debts. Um, that's one of many of these reasons. So similar to that, rolling off to, um, to the duopoly, we have this thing where these two parties are just, you know, they have this stranglehold on us. And we're in the situation where I, I, I would never even fucking consider voting for Trump. Uh, strategically, if I wanted to persuade people to not nominate Biden, uh, which I did, you could argue that from the pure rational game theoretic aspect, I should have said, not only am I not voting for Biden, I would vote for Trump. Never going to fucking vote for Trump. That's off the table, even though it would have been a rational move. Uh, but I, I don't want to vote for Biden at all. I do not, I don't know. I mean, I just... I look at that motherfucker in 1988 um, getting dinged for plagiarism and not like subtle, oh, it's like some academic thing where people don't even give a shit. No, this guy was a presidential candidate and lost, got totally drummed out because of gross plagiarism. It's not some small, subtle thing. 
how this fucker had a political career after that, I don't know. And you go back through his history and it's just like there constantly. So anyway, I would like to not vote for this guy. Um, the Tara thing. That alone seems like enough. Um, yeah, and it's not just that I think that he's a very weak candidate. It's that I don't think the dude deserves to be president. I don't think he should be president. I don't think Trump deserves to be president either. And you're like, well, Scott, you're down to two choices. This sucks. I don't like it. Um, and independent of what I do or what I am going to do this year, I would love to fix this. And so I'm going to tee off a little bit of like, why is this so complicated? Why is it this way? And then suggest a couple of things that will help. They won't make all the difference, but they'll help. So I ran for office actually in 2018. One of the things that Trump, Trump's election did was get me motivated enough to, to fucking run for office. Uh, so I did that. And one thing that I wanted to do was run as an independent because I was kind of bitter. I've, I've been a Democrat my whole fucking life, my entire adult life. Uh, voted for every Democratic presidential nominee up until, well, this year, 2020. And didn't have any problem with that. And 2016, I saw, and, and you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of people who have some weird, crazy conspiracy theories about what the DNC did. I don't think that there was anything like overtly underhanded or illegal, but just like the fucking Hunter thing, the DNC obviously didn't want Bernie to get the nomination. They obviously wanted Hillary to get the nomination. And, and when I say the DNC, I mean like the, the party's leadership. And so you look at this and you have all these people who want these things and they certainly did like they didn't, I don't think they manipulated votes, but they sure as fuck manipulated the perception. They, you know, they went out of their way to report um, superdelegates who hadn't voted yet as though they were already decided, which made people see, you know, Bernie's way down when he hadn't, you know, way before the point where he was mathematically eliminated. People are seeing that and they're like, oh, he can't win. Could have won. And it ticks me off because like, to me, if I see that and I'm like, oh shit, we're down, work harder. Uh, but a lot of people see, ah, we're gonna win. We're not gonna win, we're gonna lose. And then they vote for the other guy. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What? When you're voting, it's like, we really want Deidre to win, but we think that Kirsten Cinema can win, so we're gonna vote for Kirsten Cinema. And then Deidre only gets 20% of the votes, for example. Um, you know, when everybody I fucking talked to who knew and followed was like, I like Deidre better. Um, they, they did have a lot of um, like third party sort of bigotry. It's like, I am not Islamophobic, but the state is so Islamophobic that we're not going to nominate her because they would not vote for her. Um, Give him a fucking chance, you know, which is more Islamophobic, not voting for some, not nominating somebody because you think other people are not going to vote for her, which is you not voting for her because, you know, sorry to say, or this hypothetical thing that you're not even testing. Um, I claim the first one is, you know, you're not even fucking testing it, but going back, changed, wanted to be an independent candidate. And then you start looking into this and you start seeing like how deep the tendrils of these parties are. If you want to run as an independent candidate in you know, just a congressional district, it's like the difference between a couple thousand signatures that you need to get on the ballot and like 6,000 signatures in Arizona. If you want to run at the statewide level, it's the difference between like 5,000 signatures and like 50,000 signatures. You can do that, you can definitely make 50,000 signatures, but it's a fuck ton of work. You need a lot of help. You need to be somebody who either has a shit ton of money and can pay people, or you need to be somebody who is famous or is able to get famous and get those signatures. Because without that, you can't even get on the fucking ballot. If you're with the party, uh, you have all of this support which is nice. I mean, it, it's kind of nice. It's like, oh, I'm going to run with this party. So I pay a couple hundred bucks or I pay 500 bucks and I get a van, the voter access network, the database of the constituents in that district. 
this should be public information, by the way. I mean, this is something that should just be publicly accessible to anyone, and especially anyone who's going to be a candidate, should not be tied to the parties. Um, the database should just be should be free. It should be a public service. It's not. It's uh, you know, like you have some private company, and it's okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's better than it could be, but it's still pretty shitty. If you've ever if you've ever gone canvassing, now at least their app now and as of a few years ago lets you use the app to go canvassing and mark the doors and all this. Still pretty shitty. Before it used to be like you'd print out the list and the list was not generally sorted in a sane order and then you'd go through and you'd have to like flip through and find the one that you went to and mark it down and then somebody else had to do data entry later on. It was a clusterfuck. Um, but that should be a public service. That should not even, it should not be in the hands of a for-profit company. And it certainly shouldn't be in the hands of a for-profit company that has ties, like deep ties to this sort of quasi, uh, I mean, the political party is not a government organization, but they have all of these things in legislation um, at the state, local, and federal level that make it much easier to be in the party. Um, if you run as an independent, you don't get any of that support, you don't get the databases, um, you might be able to buy them, but they're very expensive. Um, it's, it's kind of a big deal. It's something, you know, like, uh, it's just fucking annoying. So they have that. If you're Kirsten Cinema though, or Mark Kelly, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even think Mark Kelly had to knock on a single door for himself, just kind of like was ushered in. And I, I kind of like Mark Kelly. I think he's a fine guy. I don't like the fact that, you know, you look at the party and they basically decided to nominate him before I mean, it's this coronation thing that just seems to be the standard for them, but basically decided to nominate him before he even ran. You hear that Mark Kelly's running and then uh, it's like, it's done. He's, he is the Democratic senatorial nominee for uh, Arizona. And a couple of people who could have plausibly done it, um, they were out. You know, all this shit behind doors, uh, just it fucking irritates the shit out of you. It's gross. It's not good. And you feel the same shit at every level. And it just is very off-putting. So you want to get, like, I, I would like to release their stranglehold. And one of, the, one of the things that we have that really enforces that is that we have this voting system called First Past the Post. So in First Past the Post, you vote for a single candidate. You have a slate of, say, four people. And uh, you vote for one of the four, your preference, the one you want to win. And the person with the most votes wins. Now, there was this guy, uh, man, like in the mid, I think, 19th century called Duverger. And he came up with this law that, and this is a law in the political science, kind of social science, very soft science-y law, law sense. Uh, in physics, if you have a law, that might not work all the time, like the law of gravitation, Newton's law of gravity. It works pretty well until you get to a black hole or something like that, but it works pretty well. And every time you observe, like I drop something, the acceleration that it follows, follows that law. The law is not an explanation of how it works, but it basically is an observation that just always holds. Political science, you have a law, and it's something that kind of is more like a trend. Like, generally speaking. So, Diverger said, uh, generally speaking, when, or his law said, when you have first past the post, you tend to have convergence to two parties. And there's some reason to think that this is a reasonable thing, because say you have Bernie, just say Bernie runs as an independent, which he was never going to do, but let's, actually, let's go back to 2000. You have Nader, and you have Gore, and you have... W. Now, I might have preferred Nader to Gore, but I definitely didn't want W. So I would have voted for Gore. In fact, I think I did. I know people who wanted Nader enough that they voted for Nader, but they would have still preferred Gore to W. Probably Gore actually won. Um, didn't fight it hard enough in the Supreme Court and, and so on, but um, still bitter about that, by the way. But, although... I think Gore kind of fucked it up for himself. I mean, he, you have this historically popular president, Clinton, uh, problematic 
by the way, I didn't realize at the time how problematic, but still was popular. Gore distanced himself from him, didn't have him campaign for him, and then he lost. Or won, but not by enough to, to matter. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. you have that. Um, there's this claim, and it's a reasonable claim, that you should vote strategically if you have this first-past-the-post system and vote for the person who you think can win. So this is why Diverger's idea seems pretty plausible. The problem is you do see a lot of counterexamples to it. So there are places that have first-past-the-post, um, but for other reasons. And I think I would argue that there are confounding things in the background that um, he's probably right. It's generally a trend, all things being equal, but all things are not equal. You have other, you have parliamentary systems, you have proportional representation in places. Other things tend to keep that from happening. But here at least, first past the post really tends to make two parties. And even when there's a party like the Whigs that goes out of fashion, very quickly, very quickly people switch to a new party and then you get back to the two parties. It's, it's very frustrating. Especially for someone like me who does not, there's no way in fuck I would be considered a Republican by any means or, you know. And, you know, even if you went to the sort of old school Republicans when they were sane, no. But the ones now, these fucking like crazy far rightists, no way in fucking hell. Then you have the Democrats who are really, I would, I would put them, and you could argue they're center left. I would say they're really very centrist to maybe a little bit center-right. Um, certainly the candidates that they've run have been center-right candidates. Uh, their presidents for my life, or the bulk of my lifetime, have been center-right presidents. Um, there's no left party. And I'm not like a ridiculous, I'm not like a communist, for example. I'm pretty far to the left, I'm not there. Um, I have friends who are. They have no party that they can use. Or if they vote for their party, you're basically throwing out your vote. Um, if you're green, for example, vote for the green candidate. Kind of throwing out your vote. Um, it sucks. It's shitty. I don't like it. So there's been a lot of pressure for some way to fix this. And the things that... I, I have a few things that I like. One of the things that I would love is a jungle primary. So right now, in Arizona, if I want to get on the ballot, um, there's the amount of signatures that I need is proportional to the number of people in the district registered as um, you know, whatever ticket I want to run on. And you need some percentage of people with that registration. So you need some percentage of Republicans to run as a Republican. You need some percentage of Democrats, independents. Well, independents are different because you can collect signatures from anyone. Um, no party, whatever. Um, but if you look, for example, in my district, Congressional District 5, there are more independents, actually, there are more Republicans than a lot of independents and fewer Democrats. Not like hugely skewed, but by a little bit. Uh, in the state itself, there are more independents uh, than probably Republicans and then Democrats, which is interesting and generally true, actually. Although, again, I mentioned this before, but when you look at the independents, there are independents who are really Democrats, there are independents who are really Republicans, there are independents who are really, like, basically fascists, and there are independents who are basically communists and all over the place. But, yeah, that's how, how things are kind of segregated. So we have, we have this situation. I would really like to vote for, I'd really like to vote for Nader, for example. Um, it's 2000. I can't. Well, what if I could? So one thing, well, actually, I'll roll back to that in a second. This jungle primary idea. Imagine that to get on the ballot, you need a certain number of signatures and it is fixed for everyone independent of party. Changes things a lot. Um, you just need that number of signatures from registered voters. Personally, if it was for me, also 
those registered voters could sign for multiple people. That's a thing that um, it's kind of shitty now that if I sign for this person and then somebody better comes by later on, I've already given up my signature, so I can't, you know, you have to be very judicious with what you're signing, but you also need to sign for people because that is a stupid barrier um, for people who want to get in. And it's no barrier at all for the people who are already in the system, you know, which is annoying. But put everybody in the jungle primary, and then in the jungle primary, um, you could do something, so a lot of people, and it's very fashionable now to, um, to like this thing called rank choice voting. So in rank choice, you say, this is my first choice, this is my second choice, this is my third choice. Um, and then you put those in, and then you have something that's basically an instant runoff. So everybody does that, then you sort, uh, and you find who would have won head to head, um, and then you kind of go down the list, it's relatively simple. It's a little confusing, I think. Definitely not something that uh, you can explain. You know, I'm, I'm not doing it justice partly because I don't like it, but uh, it's definitely not something you can explain super quickly, although it's conceptually pretty easy. Uh, the implementation of it is more complicated. Uh, it's not something that, that you can't just take an existing electoral system and make a small tweak to it. Um, but it's not that bad. A lot of people use it. It's okay. Do that in the jungle primary and then pick the top, say, two or something. And, uh, yeah, then you're better. So, rank choice sounds okay. Uh, the problem with it, and this is a fundamental problem with any sort of voting system, uh, there, there's this thing called social choice theory which is uh, basically like, how do we make decisions in groups? You, you, you'd like, if you're kind of like me, you like the idea of, hey, we get all together, we make decisions together collectively somehow. Uh, democracy, it's great. Or representative democracy or whatever. Seems like a good thing. The problem is, uh, there's this thing called Gibbard's theorem, which basically says, unless you have a single choice with two options, or you have one person who is the dictator, you can't make good choices collectively. It is frustrating as shit, and uh, I don't, I don't want to go into all of the details of what Gibbard's theorem says, but suffice it to say, it basically means you're stuck. Like, any voting system that you have is going to be fundamentally flawed, and it's going to be subject to Strategic voting, it's going to be subject to various problems. Um, it's annoying. And there's something also called Arrow's Impossibility Theorem, which similarly says that there's no form of... It's the most frustrating fucking thing in the world. Because you, again, like the healthcare thing, you think, oh, I can just fix this. Just pick the right voting system. Turns out there is no right voting system. So... You look at these things and you're like, shit. And rank choice, it's better in some ways uh, than uh, first past the post. And the thing that I do like about it is that it lets you vote for people who you really want, but not give up your vote for the person who you don't want, but who you would prefer to the horrible person, the Trump, if you will. The one that I like, and this is still subject to Arrow and Gibbard, and a lot of other limitations, as with any voting system. But the one that I like, and the one that I would love to see implemented, is something called approval voting. And approval voting, super simple to understand. Now, you give up the ability to order people. So I can't say, you know, A is my first choice, B is my second choice. You just say, A and B, I approve of. I'll take either one. Trump. Fuck that guy. So I've got these two. And, yeah, you can imagine everybody does that. You collect the numbers. How many people voted for this one? How many people voted to approve this one? And this one and this one. And then you get a distribution. Well, if there's somebody who everybody likes, but they're afraid this other one is going to beat them, or is going to, like, if I, I really want to vote for Bernie, but if I don't vote for Bernie or if I do vote for Bernie, then Trump's gonna win. 
It's like, uh, I really want to vote for Nader, but if I don't vote for Gore, then W is going to win. You know, that, that thought process gets cut out. And now you can vote for Nader and Gore. Now the problem, which you may see, is there, just as with any voting system, it's subject to strategic voting, which means I can vote for my, you know, like there's nothing that says I like Gore, I like Nader, so I should just vote for both. I might just vote for one if I prefer him, and, which is fine. But if I do that, then even though I might have been fine with this other one, it favors the one that I favored. Um, and everybody can do that, so it's a little complicated. Um, but unfortunately, again, unless you have two choices, you're stuck. So the thing I like about approval voting is it's extremely simple to understand. Uh, you can implement it basically with existing voting systems. You could use almost the same ballot with slightly tweaked instructions versus rank choice or any of these things. You have to like totally change the ballot. You have to educate people how to do it. Um, you know, some states like Colorado, where they have implemented this, it's gamed by people who are, you know, generally Republicans, but people who don't want voting to happen. So they've made certain rules, like you have to pick three choices. And if you don't, your ballot is scrubbed, which is really, you know, just kiss you guys. That's awesome. But it's much easier to understand. It's very easy to implement. The accounts, you know, there's no like weird algorithmic thing where you're trying to figure out who is the first choice, who's the second choice, um, as there is with ranked choice. You just straight counts. Whoever gets the most wins. Um, or you could, if you wanted to, do a non-instant runoff and take the top in, which would be basically like a jungle primary. Take the top in, which could be two, three, whatever, and then pick them either with this or with simple first past the post. The easiest one would be jungle primary with approval voting and then first past the post two choices um, in the actual election. Stupidly easy to implement, um, very easy to explain, and I, I would lean toward that. But again, doesn't magically fix it. Um, it would help. It would certainly fucking help. Uh, it would keep the Democrats... I would say it would keep the Democrats at least more honest because right now, the way the party is, you, know, you have somebody like me who has for their entire life been a just totally reliable voter. Why listen to me? I, I've completely, mar I didn't realize this at the time, but I completely marginalized myself in the past because you could count on my vote. So why fucking listen to me? You could do exactly what I want or something totally different, and I still would have fucking voted for you. Um, and a lot of people do this, which means that the party just kept getting worse and worse. And you have the combination of that, and then we have this thing where the Democrats think the Republicans are evil, which, honestly, I mean, parties aside, the current Republicans are kind of fucking evil. I don't think evil is a thing, but if it was a fucking thing, pretty close. You know, you look at um, Mitch McConnell, you look at Trump, a cheap pie, all these fucking people. I mean, if evil is a thing, these would be evil. Um, it's, just, it's depressing as shit. But the Republicans also think the Democrats are evil. They're crazy in this case, but still. You have everybody thinking that the other people are bad. It's not just that I disagree with your ideas, but you're actually bad. You can't compromise with somebody who's evil. You could compromise with somebody who wants the same things or even wants slightly different things, but you know, hey, you want this, I want that. Let's fucking meet in the middle. You get this, I get that. Both compromise a little bit and we both get something that we want and you know, it's good. You can't do that with somebody who you think is like actually like the devil incarnate, uh, which is a problem because that is where we are. We have this tribal nature and you have this idea of people who are swing voters which is, and, and I mean, there are people who are swing voters, but they're a very small number. And a lot of them are also very poorly informed. A lot of them are people who don't follow politics and they vote almost, you know, just randomly. Uh, it's very sad. You have that, and then you have a huge group of people that just don't vote at all. 
and that if you go talk to them as I have, they will almost laugh at you because you're such a sucker. You've fallen for the, the scam in their mind. Um, you know, you're trying to get them to vote, ha ha ha. It's like, if you think voting is a scam, just do it anyway, just please do. Because here's the thing, <laughs> you look at the number of people who don't vote, the number of people, if you took a percentage, like 1% of the people who didn't vote in 2016 could have totally changed the outcome. 1%. Now, I don't care what you, like who you wanna blame anything on, a tenth of a percent in three states, like order of 10, 20,000 people in each of these states made all the difference. 1% of 100 million, 110 million people is 1.1 million people. They could easily, easily swamp out that tiny bit. Um, you know, and especially if you got more than 1%, I mean, like, it's depressing as fuck that you can't do that, especially given, like, there is voter suppression, there's gerrymandering, or all of these horrible things. But the thing that I think is the worst, and especially because it is totally trivial to fix, but people won't fucking do it, is just to get people out to vote. It's the most frustrating thing. Like, literally, just fucking vote. Why won't you do that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do, like, a lot of uh, air quotes centrists are like, oh, Bernie didn't win because, you know, his people didn't come out. If you look at the numbers, his people came out, but they were swamped by boomers, you know, people over 45 who were like, oh shit, socialism. Um, but his people could have come out in greater numbers. You know, I mean, I'm not attributing it all to the boomers. A lot of fucking Bernie people, or people who would have preferred Bernie, did not bother to vote. And then once Biden started seeming more and more inevitable, people are like, oh, I'm not gonna vote for the guy who's gonna lose which is bizarre fucking thinking to me, uh, but it's, it's a weird human nature. So people end up voting um, for Biden because he's winning. And so he wins. Awesome. Yeah. Fucking, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so bitter about this. I gotta tell you. Like, uh, yeah. Now I, I don't even want to go into details about like how upset I am. It's just fucking annoying. And I will say this, my decision not to vote for Biden, again, was strategic and it was based on this idea that, that before this nomination happened, there was a chance to avoid Biden getting the nomination and then Trump winning, or Biden getting the nomination and, okay, he wins, but then in 2024 or 2028, some Republican who's even worse than Trump wins, which I, I fully think those are the two most probable channels, um, which is depressing as fuck. Now, granted, Biden being president, things slightly get better for a little while, um, but then they get worse. That's great. Um, it's just like the position that I feel like I'm in right now. And, and before this also, like trying to convince people that Biden is a great risk I, I just feel, again, like, you know, I'm pushing a Jenga block that does not want to go. Um, just so dumb. So, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm fucking wrong. But I look at this and I just, I cannot see him performing well. And especially, like, the guy has such soft support. Like, 24% enthusiasm, record low enthusiasm. Trump's people, they're enthusiastic. They want to go out and vote for him. Biden's people, this is before all the, uh, all the suppression happens. And I don't mean like active suppression, I just mean, you know, like people talking about how bad Biden is. And that's gonna start happening and there's gonna be a drumbeat of it and Trump is gonna say it over and over again. And the, you know, frankly, um, incompetent and often, you know, just malpracticing journalists, journalists, are gonna keep amplifying it and amplifying it and then it will resonate in people's heads and a lot of people just won't fucking vote for him. Or even worse, you know. So, and it's totally preventable and it's totally foreseeable. Um, but again, hopefully I'm wrong about, about both of those. With that though, thanks for listening and uh, say Jen.